Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. My name is Clay Newcomb and I'm the host of the Bear Honey Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, chasing bear. This is the second podcast in our Montana tour as Colby Moorhead and I come back from a spring bear hunt in Montana pulling our mules we got to stop in Cody, Wyoming at the headquarters of Best of the West and Huskama Optics and talk to my good friend, Jim Sessions. He talks about some of his Western hunting and the products and what Best of the West is and also about Huskama Optics. You're going to learn some stuff about long-range shooting and you're going to learn some stuff that you probably haven't thought about inside of this movement, quote-unquote, about long-range shooting and and according to Jim and the Best of the West guys, it's really just about becoming more accurate. And that's what it's about. It's not about trying to dump an animal at the longest range as possible. These guys are all about precision, accuracy. And why wouldn't you have the most accurate, most precise gun possible when you're hunting, especially out west? Jim and I hunted together a couple of years ago. I've learned a ton from Jim. He is a veteran mountain hunter. I mean, veteran. We, Jim goes into the backcountry of Wyoming on mules and horses and doesn't even carry a GPS, and they're getting 30 miles plus off the roads, staying back there for extended periods of time on elk and sheep hunts and all kind of stuff. Jim is just an incredible guy. 
and a, a great wealth of information about the West and about long-range shooting, about optics. We had a great conversation with he and Jared Peterson, who also works there at Best of the West. I want to remind you again that you can help the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast and YouTube channel by checking out our Patreon account. Patreon is a way that you can give back to, for this free content. And like I always say, you can subscribe to the magazine to support us, which is a fantastic way. But if you don't want to do that, you could you could become a Patreon supporter. So check out the Bear Hunting Magazine Patreon account. Without further ado, let's check out this conversation with my friend, Jim Sessions. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. We are in Cody, Wyoming today. We're on our way back from a Montana bear hunt. and We, we had to stop in Cody. And we ran into some weather that I was not expecting. When we left, when we left Missoula, Montana this morning, it was I mean, it was cool in the morning, but it was going to get up to like sixty degrees, sunshine, and that's what we've been bear hunting in, Jim. Anyway, we well, got to Cody and it's snowing. Well, it's May seventh, and I just talked to my wife on the phone. Uh, I live in Matitsi, Wyoming, and she said there's about two inches on the ground at our house. So is that right? That's really not that unusual here in the in the Rocky Mountain West this time of year. Wow. Well, let me introduce who, let me let me tell where we are and then introduce my guests here. But we're at the best of the West in Huskamaw World Headquarters. That's, <laughs> That's right. correct. That's yeah. right. And I've got Jim Sessions here. Jim is, uh, he's one of the big dogs here at best of the West. That's a good way to describe you, right? Sure, that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I've got Jared Peterson. And so Jared, uh, we'll, we'll get into what you do here in a minute, but so to give you a little background, Jim and I have known known each other for several years now, and we bear hunted in the spring of 2017. I drove up to Cody, Wyoming, and then we took your mules and horses yeah. and went up into northwest Montana for six days. And uh, I was telling Colby that I learned a ton from you, Jim, about how to handle equines in the backcountry, like for real. I mean, I didn't. I pretty much came from zero to to having to understand how to manage. We're managing mules, but you had horses and mules. Right. I mean, even even from the simple logistics of how long can these animals ride in a trailer? How often do you have to get them out and water them? When you're, you know, real simple stuff like that. That maybe if you'd been around it your whole life, you'd understand. But so on this Montana trip. Uh, you know, we I took my mules, came all the way from Arkansas, heck of a trip, twenty four hours. Um, and we we ended up stopping about every eight to ten hours, let them out. We've let them overnight. We've split the trip up. Tonight we're going to overnight them, right? Uh, and let them kind of you know have that some good feed and good water, and and then head home tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's uh, people don't most people don't realize the logistics and just finding a place to stay overnight where you can unload your animals and keep them for a night and it's not it's not like you're just pulling into the holiday inn and uh, no kidding can i put my mules out in the parking lot that really doesn't work well you you don't know how when we drove from here to missoula in 
we drove – I can't remember why this happened, but we slept on the side of the road. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I've done that a lot. I mean, yeah. and, I mean, it was it was perfect, but I was like, okay, this is the way this is going to roll. I mean, we couldn't find a place to stay where we could put the mules. So you just found a wide spot in the ditch and said, we'll sleep here. Sure. Yeah. I've done that a lot. <laughs> Jim rolled out his – he rolled out his tarp and had it right there dumped his sleeping bag and went to sleep i went up in the woods a little ways and hung my i had a little uh a hammock little, little hammock yeah and i was like okay this is the way this so i learned a ton man Good. and then you're do you remember well of course you remember it your big 50 foot big cotton your big ropes that you carried in the back country yeah to tie the animals up to let them graze well i i did the same thing i went and bought couple of big heavy ropes with big heavy hardware to carry back in because when you get back in the back country with equines you're not hauling feed in or we didn't and i i didn't want to on this trip either so you know you tether these animals out and you got to have something absolutely secure because the last thing you want to do is lose them in the back country like we did the one time yeah <laughs> but yeah it, it works out well and and you know the you know that the animals they're going to be safe uh it does take a little time typically for an animal to learn how to manage that rope and right. where he's not going to get in a bind and hurt himself or yeah. uh, you know get a bad rope burn on his leg or that kind of thing but they learn to manage him pretty quick especially mules and yeah. uh it just work it's a it's a good system that works yeah. well yeah so you give us a little bit of history about your western hunting gym and and what you and I know that you prefer to hunt in the back country using equine animals. I mean that's your preferred method. But just you being a Wyoming native, you have access to an incredible, incredible amount of different types of game. I mean, from where you live, you can head in just about any direction and be in some of the best big game hunting in the lower forty-eight. We're we're very fortunate right here in Cody. Uh, I believe it's the best of what's left, um, and that's that's not to say that we get to hunt our preferred area every year by any right. means. The competition for highly sought-after tags seems to be increasing every year. Um, we've we've there's a number of issues that are going on uh, right here in the northwestern Wyoming in the Cody area. Um, we've got a tremendous predator problem um mm. in in and i'm not just talking about the wolves um we've got a overabundance of grizzlies that are basically at capacity within the habitat right and um you know they've tried to d- put implement some some management options in place and that's been shot down in the courts but uh We've still got some some great hunting, uh, big game hunting. Um, some of our areas, the elk hunting, I think it's the best elk hunting on the planet. Mm. Um, when you factor in all the all the measures um, to include that backcountry wilderness experience, um, the quality of the bulls, the amount of game, um, it's just a, a fabulous fabulous hunt. Um, We've got a big variety. We've got antelope. We've got 
white-tailed deer, we've got mule deer, we've got bighorn sheep, we've got uh, elk, um, mountain goat, um, some shivers moose still in this area. And then, of course, we've got the, the black bear, uh, the, the lion, mountain lion, and uh, like I said, uh, an abundance of grizzly is that, bears. Is that not, I mean, I guess the, that's pretty much all the big game. You wouldn't have caribou. You wouldn't have native, natural, well, I mean, at one time there were lots of bison here. But you wouldn't have a wild herd of bison. Uh, we actually have some bison. In fact, last year they had a, a wild bison hunt right up the North Fork of the Shoshone River here, where they I think they issued three or four tags. Okay, um, those are just some old bulls that have moved out of the out of Yellowstone. Okay. Um, just on the o- overside north of Jackson Hole, um, there is a, a regulated bison hunt, um, free range bison. And I was very fortunate about 10, 11 years ago, I drew that tag. Oh, really? And was able to uh, uh, harvest a just an incredible animal, 10-year-old ten, bull. Mm. And uh, I people think, oh, it's kind of a, a an easy hunt. It's a give-me hunt. But I actually went three different times um, to find the bison that I actually wanted to shoot. And we had to hunt. We had to look for them and try to find mm. them. At the time that I had the tag, you had to hunt national forest only. Mm. And they've changed that since then that you can hunt on the uh, National Elk Refuge and the forest, but you can't hunt Grand Teton Park. Well, these bison are not stupid, and they've found out over the years, um, and with some help from anti-hunters, that they need to stay in the national park. So it, it's they absolutely need to hunt those those bison to keep them within the compar- carrying capacity of right. that habitat. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what we're all about. Hunting is conservation, and and uh, we know it, and and our game and fish professionals know it, and uh, that's how we keep things in check within yeah. the the, yeah. the limitations of the habitat. Yeah. Going back to all the different species of big game, I mean, am I right in saying the only thing you don't have here is caribou and, uh, I mean, some of the, like, Sitka blacktail and and different things. I mean, you got mule deer, whitetail, antelope, goats, lions, bears, bison, elk, moose. I mean, that's all there is. Sheep. I mean, sheep. We, big, we, no, you wouldn't have all the different species of sheep, but you got bighorn sheep here. Bighorn sheep. I mean, that's here. incredible. Yeah. Now you have you've taken bighorn sheep in Wyoming. Yeah, I've I've had two licenses in my lifetime, and and uh, my first tag, I I didn't harvest a ram. Uh, it was down in southeastern Wyoming, and they'd actually had a a die off, and I hunted a long time but didn't get one, and then mm. I I drew a another tag in 1997 okay and harvested a ram and and i've, I've been on a number of sheep hunts through the right. years um done some guiding and also helped a number of friends and uh, uh sheep hunting is a special type of hunting yeah so you have and this is what i've known about you 
you so this Wyoming Bighorn Sheep Tag is like you know you've got it twice, but I mean pretty much a once in a lifetime tag. Would you say? Pretty much for almost all people involved, especially since they've implemented a preference point system. Right. And uh, right now for. Most of the sheep areas in Wyoming, it's taking anywhere from 17 to 22 preference points to draw the tag. And wow. you can only accumulate one preference point a year. So so you can see that it's... Pretty it, much a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Right. And it, so what you've done, though, is you you know people that draw this tag, and you've helped them. You've I've, taken... I mean, just as a friend. I've taken like, a number of friends on hunts and... I've also guided some sheep hunts for John Porter at Morning okay. Creek Outfitters. Man, that's incredible because you get the same experience. I mean, it's like you've been on, I don't know how many sheep hunts you've been on, but, I mean, you've had that experience X number of times. Oh. I mean, and it's. I know it's probably just as, I mean, maybe not as meaningful, might be fooling yourself to say that, but super meaningful just to be there, to be a part of the hunt. Oh, absolutely. You're, I mean, I mean, I'm at the... In all honesty, I'm 58 years old, and I, I'm in the latter years of my hunting career, and uh, I get as much, I can honestly say I get as much satisfaction out of taking someone and helping them be successful, whether it's a, a big bull elk or a, a big horn ram, as, as if I had the tag myself. Yeah. And I yeah. think I think most hunters graduate through that that process you know that um you get where you want to just be successful and then you get well i i don't want to shoot anything unless it's a big mature six point bull or a 30 inch buck or whatever the case may be and then it just kind of i'd almost call it not declines but your your need to to harvest an animal uh somewhat lessons yeah and, i understand it and you want to help others and i i've had some great opportunities with young people and and my son and and daughter and um you know here at best of the west we're heavily involved with a number of youth hunting organizations pole star outdoors is one and uh camo dreams foundation um what are a couple of the others jared Hmm. I don't. I think that's. Uh, we got. But but we're active in that yeah, because we believe yeah. in in what they're doing. Um, whether it's kids with uh, life threatening illness or it's uh, Pull Star Outdoors, that they it's just a a belief of how important it is to get young people in the outdoors, fishing right. and hunting, and just that whole experience. Yeah, that's incredible. That's really incredible. Well, that's a good place for us to jump in and tell us about Best of the West in Huskamaw. So these, I guess they're technically, I mean, they're the same business, but different businesses. Uh, maybe just tell, give it for somebody who wouldn't have, wouldn't know anything about Best of the West or Huskamaw, kind of give us a, give us some insight and then we'll have some specific questions jared will tell us about maybe the the gun he, the new guns that yeah he's been working on sure um best west i believe it started in 1999 as bridger trail video okay. uh, jack peterson was the founder of of the company and then it it 
and at that point it was just it was putting together some hunting videos mm. and then as as jack moved into the industry and moved forward i believe in 2004 we start uh, the actual best of the west uh television show started okay. production and uh, best of the west has always been on the the cutting edge of of what we'll call the long range revolution mm-hmm. and we took the heat for it in the start and then people began to see that we weren't just about how far we could shoot at an animal we were about precision accuracy mm. and whatever the range right. and and that's that's we've held that belief throughout the the company history but um 2008 Huskama Optics was was unveiled and uh it started it, we we kind of joke it, we it started as an optique company and I okay. mean that as singular and for 3 hmm. years 4 years um Huskama had one one optic and that okay. was a 5 to 20 by 50 okay and um uh as we've moved through this journey um, we've had our ups and downs as most small businesses do trials tribulations and things but uh, each year we we become stronger um, just strong-willed and and want to see a company succeed and uh, we've in Cody Wyoming uh, we've kind of settled into our location out here on the west strip and uh we get a lot of visitors each year. Um, it's, we're on the road to the east entrance of Yellowstone or people coming from the east entrance of Yellowstone. And uh, uh, just last summer, we finally put up signs out front. Mm. And uh, that significantly increased our traffic flow. But the, the, the television show, we've always tried to... Our core... Um, programming or what we like to aspire to is remote backcountry hunting Mm -hmm. Um, and it can be backpacking jared does some backpack hunting or it can be the use of of horses and mules to get into some real remote country yeah and uh it's a difficult uh task to put together a television show all the logistics and the expenses and and all of that, but it's still, I believe, our 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 best shows. Um, and I got to qualify that we we had a show that we did with Polestar Outdoors uh, this year that was very compelling, touching show that, in my opinion, was hard to beat. But we still do a lot of the uh, backcountry elk, mule deer, um, Rocky Mountain goat bighorn sheep right um that's our core we've been fortunate um in that a number of groups of of our field hosts have been able to go to africa new zealand Mm. um tajikistan uh some other places uh, all over the world yeah uh to participate in hunts we've also done a number of hunts in both canada and alaska Mm. so but but as the company has evolved, um, we've we built partnerships. Um, one of the key things we're doing right now is 
we've evolved in our optics line where I believe we have six models of rifle scopes. Mm-hmm. We also have a crossbow scope that it, it basically follows the same principles. Uh, that The turret on that crossbow scope matches the exact trajectory of, of that bolt. Right. And we base it on the the bolt weight plus the the speed right and we we build a turret that takes you out and if if that white tail bucks at 54 yards you dial that turret to 54 yards yeah you you hold on and uh, that's becoming more and more popular you know a lot of the guys are buying these high-end crossbows and more uh, expensive than rifles sometimes yeah they can be let me, and let they're, me, they're putting a, a Husqvarna scope on it. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Let me, so for somebody, especially back east, that may not even understand turrets, Husqvarna scopes are known for their custom turrets. And so you guys are, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are the only ones in the industry that use actual yards on the custom turret rather than MOA. So what that would mean is that when there's a dial on top of the scope, you range a deer, a bear, at 380 yards. You can dial that turret to, well, let's say 350. 375. You, you dial that turret literally to 375 and put the crosshairs right on. Typically, in long-range shooting, I was talking to guys this week while we were bear hunting. I, I was quizzing them about their guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you do if you shoot at 400 yards? And he's like, oh, I know the trajectory, and I hold over. And I... I was just like, man, I don't hold over. Right. You, and that's the beauty of it. There's no guessing. You get the range, you dial in the yardage, you put the crosshairs where you want to hit, and that's where it hits. And uh, so and all that stuff is so common to you guys that are long-range shooting all the time. And just in the last four years, it, it, I have been indoctrinated into into – turrets and Eskimo scopes and and you're in the in the rifle systems which i want to talk about but i think there's a lot of people jim that don't even understand what a turret a custom turret is and well, so that's uh that's what you guys are known for and I, i'm going to let jared speak to this a little bit because jared uh does a lot of the actual turret engraving once okay once he receives actual drop data from a given rifle and load I think there are other companies that will build a yardage turret yeah. um, for a, another brand of scope. Um, what what separates us is is we yes we have a yardage turret for for the distance or the elevation, right. um, and what separates us is we have an actual wind hold that corresponds okay. to a given distance, okay. and, and it tells you. At 500 yards, I need to hold two minutes into the wind based on a 10 mile an hour full value right. crosswind. So there's ha- there's 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 hashes in the scope going out both sides on the right. on the on the lateral cross of the crosshair. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know there, there's a lot of different <laughs> methods of compensating for for both distance and wind, but we have what we call the Huskama advantage. And what that is is we can we can range our target, um, whether it's 625 yards. We can range the distance, dial to it, and then hold wind if applicable right in the reticle of our scope. 
right. based on what it's telling us on the actual turret. Right. And typically, you know, we can have two to three shots downrange while the MOA guy or the mill guy or the, the electronic guy trying to find a firing solution via his scope and his cell phone um, is trying to find their dope. And that's, mm. that's just the, the Wait, truth now of the tell map. me what dope is. The good kind. <laughs> dope is... is uh, like that terminology. Data on previous engagement. Yeah, it's an acronym. Okay. Oh, yeah. an acronym. There we go. Okay. Yeah. okay. You know, so, so they're, they're just trying to find their firing solution. Got it. What they feel is their firing solution. Yeah. And there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to each method. But for, but for a real-world hunting situation where time many times is, is of the essence. Your system is simple and It's quick. simple. We're not, you know, w- when, when it's all going down and the excitement factor's there, the mm-hmm. simpler you can keep it, yes. the better off you are. Yes. Especially people that, that don't do this day in and day out. Yeah. They they can see oh there's 450 they dialed a 450 they're not trying to get oh that's going to take 12 minutes to get there or right. whatever the case may be right. mm-hmm. so but Jared Jared can explain more about what we require to uh, laser engrave a custom turret for a customer's rifle and the ammunition so someone getting. someone could have their own rifle. Mm-hmm. And they could collect data, and that's what you can tell us about. And then you could build them a custom custom turret that would fit on a scope. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually two ways to find your, your data um, to make your turret accurate. Um, the first one, which we use on most of, or all in a, on all of our rifles, is, is we actually go shoot the rifle. We, we count how many clicks um, it is to each distance. So, say, we shoot at 500 yards, we count how many clicks it takes to get to 500 and then to 1,000 yards. Um, another way is is we get some um, other rifle manufacturers that use our scopes. Um, they'll actually um, collect their data by truing their velocity and truing their BCs, which that'll work as well um, as long as you, you're pretty good at reloading and, and all that. But, but just going off your BC and your velocity off of factory ammunition usually isn't that accurate. Mm, yeah. And so the, the actual data that you're collecting, and I've done this, I think, mm-hmm. twice for rifles. Now I'm shooting one of the rifle systems, which you guys set up. But mm-hmm. So you're, you're for, in layman's terms, for someone who's not done it before, you're, you're taking a shot at, let's say, 200 yards. You're zeroing the gun at 200 yards, mm-hmm. and then you're shooting again at 300. How many data points do you need? Just two? Uh, we're looking for two. Uh, we're ap- actually... Uh, improving our our program where we'll have three data points okay um, typically at a 200 yard zero we want a data collection or or a, a click value at 500 and and 950 mm-hmm. so if you're we, shooting at those distances and measuring basically measuring the distance of bullet drop yeah through clicks through the click yeah. value of the scope and oh, I'll, I I'll use like a a uh, a typical data for a seven Remington Magnum um, from one of our our rifles here. It'll take twenty clicks to get to five hundred, and it'll take sixty clicks to get to nine fifty. Okay, mm-hmm. so, um, so you're not actually measuring inches of drop; you're measuring clicks to mm-hmm. to get the bullet to. And what what that allows us, what that allows us to do 
is it it verifies that that we're that turret is matching the trajectory of that individual rifle and the ammunition that they're using. Right. And rifle, so after that, rifles it's just vary. physics. Yeah. yeah. Rifles vary. We can't just build. Oh, we need a a uh, a turret. Tell Jared we need a turret for a seven mag shooting a hundred and eighty grain ELDM bullet. Um, and he says, Oh, I've I've got that turret already built. Well. From rifle to rifle, there can be differences. Why is that? That makes no sense. It's, With the it, precision machining and all the work that goes into a rifle, why? where is the variation in the physical mechanics of that gun that make it different, Jim? Well, even with the machining that goes on, there can be one, two-click differences at okay. 950 or oh, even yeah. 500. Yes. Um, barrel length can make a difference. You know, one we might have one that's a 26-inch barrel and one that's a 22-inch mm-hmm. um, barrel, like a a mountain scout rifle. Right. So we have to. But I'm I'm saying even with two identical rifles, they could shoot different. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it's just a it's just a micro different. I mean the mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't even know the the increments to use, but the smallest, most minuscule differences in that gun make it shoot different yeah, yeah. how how the <laughs> riflings are cut the tolerances within the in the yeah. riflings the, mm-hmm. the chamber um there's a number of things and we try to be very very consistent but even then you're going to have slight differences in and right. and you know at 500 yards one click equates to you know what is it about an inch, inch and yeah. two-thirds yeah okay you know okay so it, it it when you're talking that far out you know but but we want to build a turret that is as accurate and matches the trajectory right. of, of that rifle load as as much as as close as possible right we're not into the guessing game so you got to collect and all that starts with accurate data yeah <laughs> you got got to have absolutely accurate data now you guys will like like say somebody had a had a gun you guys they could send that gun here and you guys would collect data for them i mean yeah we that's do possible we probably we do four to five hundred what we call scope mount jobs a year okay and uh, that's customers sending in everything from from brownings to weatherbees yeah. and everything in between let, let me clarify something right here because we when we talked about what best of the west is we mainly we talked about the television show, but let's go ahead and just say Best of the West is a television show, but you guys have moved into building custom rifles. Yeah, we... I mean, so so you guys were you guys were hunting the West. You guys were Western big game hunters. You saw that you needed precision guns, long range, and, and so that evolved into... So you're a television show, you're a custom rifle manufacturer, and then the Huskamaw branch of this business is optics. So that, that that branches out really what you are. It, it, and there's another big component of this that, okay. that we were forced into um, simply because we need consistent ammunition. Okay. And that right. was we build custom ammunition here. And and we, we have a partnership with Hornaday where we use uh, uh, some of their precision hunter ammunition and their match ammunition um, in some of our builds. Yeah, but we you build. wanted control of the whole system. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, to maintain that accuracy level. Right. It's not just like uh, we build you a turret and then you go to to a, a super discount store and go get you a, 
a box of Corlax, <laughs> whatever yeah. ammunition yeah. you yeah. want to talk about, right. and, and think that you got you got you, at that <clears throat> point your turret is no longer valid. No. Right. So also, so it's it's about the ethics of it. It's about the precision accuracy of it. Right. Um, whether it's three hundred yards and being able to hit a quarter. Or yep. it's extended distance at 700 yards, and you can place a bullet right in the front shoulder of that bull elk and drop him in his tracks. That's yeah. what we what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the rifle systems. So we've talked about we've talked about the optics custom turret. We've talked about how someone could use your they could use Huskama scope on any rifle that they've got. Mm-hmm. But really, the bread and butter of what you guys offer is how many packages do you have now of rifle systems? We have what I would call four main models of rifles, and that would be our our Hunter Elite series, yep. which is our most valuable value price rifle. And that's that's what I'm shooting. Yes. Yep. We have a Mountain Hunter and a and a Mountain Scout. Okay. And those are uh built around a, a sporter style stock. Yeah. Um, we, we aspire to to get them as light as possible within reason um you get you start getting too light and you're going the wrong direction okay um you in my opinion you get below seven pounds scoped weight Mm. you're going in the wrong direction really yeah for for that real accuracy for for accuracy and especially Mm. accuracy at, at, at distance yeah and then we have our our signature series uh rifle and and we have uh, two two actual stocks. We have one that's uh, our, our regular signature series carbon fiber stock, and then we have our adjustable cheek piece signature series. So you guys, pretty much right here in Cody, are building these guns from scratch. I mean, for the most part. I mean, you're these these guns are now. There's different actions that are inside the guns that I guess you're you're getting from custom manufacturers. The triggers. But I mean, you're these are totally hundred percent custom guns. So somebody could call down here and absolutely customize a gun. You would build it for them. You would sight it in for them. You'd gather the data for them. You'd validate the data. You'd build the turret, and you'd send them a gun in a what kind of gun cases do you have? Oh, uh, we send a, a SKB. custom SKB case. SKB case. I mean, like you put you get it and you're ready to go i mean you need to shoot it you need to they need I mean, to take it out and shoot to, it because even going through all those processes there can be slight differences in in how i hold a rifle or jared right. holds a rifle versus the customer and they yeah. may have to adjust the the zero the 200 yard zero one click yeah. uh maybe maybe a click right or left i see so they need they need to get they're going to go out and shoot it and be comfortable with it and build confidence right. with it. In, in the, the, is, am I correct in saying the terminology that you guys use for that is a rifle system? So it's, you're not just buying a rifle. You're right. buying the whole system. You're buying, oh, yeah. I mean, when I got my Hunter Elite, I mean, you had the bullets. I mean, you guys had the ammunition was already, I mean, you, you said this gun shoots this ammunition best. Mm-hmm. I get that ammunition for you guys. I need to get some ammunition while I'm here. Actually, we about right. ran out of shells in Montana. <laughs> right. Um, but so, I mean, to me, that's an incredible, an incredible package to be able to have a gun like that. Because most people could never build that on their own. I mean, 
let's face it, there are people that can and do. I mean, that's kind of the long-range sure. world. Sure. But for somebody like me, I'm, I'm never going to have the skill to build that gun. But I can get it from you. I mean, it's pretty incredible opportunity for people. And it, it's a unique, um, I'll call it a methodology that, that we build a complete shooting system. Yeah. Because most, even today, you go buy a rifle and then you pick out the optic you want to put on that rifle and then you got the whole process of properly mounting it and, and going out and shooting and doing all that thing. So, yes, a customer, they get a turnkey system. It's it's yeah. ready to go when they get it from us. Um, and and we feel that that's catching on where um, a lot of people just don't have the time to go through that whole process, but they have the money for us to do that process yep. for them. Even, even the scope mount jobs that we talked about before, um, they may have their Browning Hell's Canyon or their Remington 700 that, that is, a, is a good shooting rifle. Um, but when we get one of those, a scope mount in, we, have, we qualify that rifle. Because if that, if that rifle isn't a one-minute gun or close to it, minute-and-a-half gun right. um, at the most, it really doesn't do a lot of good for us to put a Huskamaw scope to on it. Put this precision they're, scope on it when the gun won't shoot that th- good. They're not yeah. going to be happy with it. <clears throat> yeah. So some of these guns we may have to bed that come in. We okay. may have to uh, rebarrel. We may have to do an, a number of things to get them to shoot. But it, but it, it's a good process to get introduced into uh, precision accuracy with, with their own firearm. And, and, we, and do, we do four or 500 of those scope mount jobs a year. Yeah. And what, what I've seen here, and I've been, I've been here several times, and, I mean, you guys are the experts of long-range shooting and have – I mean, there are people here that will, that will, you guys will work through stuff with people. I mean, like, I mean, somebody sends a rifle, just like you said. I mean, you might tell this guy, hey, this is what you need to do to this gun to make it what you want. We can help you do that. I mean, the customer service that you guys would provide, I would say, would be, I mean, it's super valuable. It is. And, and you know, we're a full service gunsmithing shop. Yeah. And uh, most customers, they don't even doubt. You know, when we tell them this is what we're going to need to do to this gun, there, there's no question. They just say, "Do what needs done." I, yeah. I, I need an accurate gun, and you know what, the what it costs to go hunting anymore. The most important tool you have, besides your own mind, is is your rifle, and and it's just a good investment. Whether it's a scope mount job or or a, a new rifle, in your future hunting success, yeah. it's the best investment you can make in your future hunting success. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, you and go in, you go into a shot, you dial that turret to three hundred and fifty yards, and and you're laid out prone, and and your crosshair staying right on that vital zone, and you're there's no question in your mind that if I choose to to take that animal. He's going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when I first started hunting, every shot was a doubt. <laughs> it just was. Yeah. And it, it right. I would have given anything to to learn this and when I first started hunting and the opportunities I had 
that were ended up missed opportunities because I never learned to shoot. I never learned about ballistics. I never learned about a lot of things. So it helps when when we do shooting schools, which, right. which that's we, another thing we you do, do all we over the we country. We hadn't talked about. Yeah, we do we do schools, schools all over, um, teaching the, the principles of long range and and showcasing the equipment and the products. Um, we just had a team of guys in. Uh, they were in West Virginia, Florida, Pennsylvania. Um, Wade's still in in Michigan right now. Um, they they taught over two hundred students mm. over the last month. Really, and mm-hmm. um, we do four shooting schools uh, here in Cody: um, May, June, July, and August. Mm. Um, two day schools and. I got to get into one of those schools, Jim. I have yet to have uh, to have a student walk away from that and say that w- that was probably the best money I've ever spent. Is I've got oh, yeah. the, I've got the equipment now. I need to learn it. Yeah, and we we go through a whole lot of of principles um, about ballistics, internal, external. Um, we delve in highly into wind. And how to read wind? Yes. And wind, wind is the most non-deterministic factor in in making a long-range shot. Um, technology can help you, but it's not going to give you a wind hold. Yeah. You've got to be able to read that mirage. You've got to be able to read that vegetation moving, um, those seed pods floating through the air. Whatever it is, mm. you've got to calculate all that in your mind. And come up with a wind hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a it's it's an art. It's a combination of an art and a science. Jim, I didn't want to bring this up. It's too soon for me to even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is exactly what I alluded to on the phone yesterday. Four days ago, I missed a bear, six hundred fifty yards, and I I am proficient with that hunter elite right really am mm-hmm. i mean out to 800 i mean i feel good and uh we got in this situation range this bear we couldn't get any closer i mean it was like this is the shot i'm gonna get i've got i've got the equipment i i can shoot the gun i did not factor the wind and there was there was uh so we were we were on this ridge shooting and the bear was on the the other side of the canyon and it's almost like we were on the just right on the point of this ridge almost on the back side of it because we were not trying to get totally out in the open you know i mean we just creeped out around just enough got totally prone two point two point prone position had you know a uh, rear bag a, uh, it wasn't a rear bag but i grabbed his beanie i said give me your beanie <laughs> and i stuffed it under there i All mean right. just dead still took a deep breath and i was i was way off and it was the wind when we stepped out around the point of the ridge we realized there was probably a 10 mile per hour oh yeah just straight crosswind it was dropping that bullet left and uh and i you know i knew better in terms of i should have been thinking about that and uh but that would have been the longest shot that I've ever taken. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Well, you, you, you compensated for the distance to target. Yes, and that was right on. Okay. I mean, you could see this bear was up against a dirt bank. Right. And so so I you knew, had that. Oh, it that, was money. That's oh, yeah. that's the easy part. We yes. can we can accomplish that. Right. Yeah. It's the wind. And say yep. a 10-mile-an-hour wind shooting a 7 mag. Yep. Um, 300 wind mag. 300 wind mag shooting a 212-grain bullet. You're, you probably got about three minutes of wind. Yep. So you got three minutes times six. That's bullets drifting 18 to 20 inches. Well. Whether it's right or left. About or, exactly what we saw. So, so but it, that's where I talk about the excitement factor. So mm-hmm. you, you guys were all set up. You got the, the camera running. You're set up in a prone position, the whole yep. deal. Um, it probably didn't even register in your mind to look on your turret and say, where, where is the wind hold for a 10-mile-an-hour full-value wind? It didn't. But once you do it and shoot it, and that's what, what I like to see at shooting schools is we hope for a little bit of wind when we take them to the range each afternoon. Mm-hmm. And we typically get that, and it'll be anywhere from 15 to 20 miles an hour. Mm. Um, at, and at the range we shoot at, that wind will actually switch from the east, and then all of a sudden it'll switch and it'll be coming out of the west. Uh, so so yeah, they really got, have to be trained. They've got to read direction, not yeah. just speed. Right. But what it does on steel plates or or steel uh, animal silhouette targets is it shows them, yeah, I can hit that, that sheep silhouette at 500 yards, but that wind just pushed my bullet 15 yards. Uh, uh, east wind just pushed my, my bullet 15 yards inches mm. to the right mm-hmm. and it and it's not even that strong a wind yeah so yeah. you once you do it and see it right. then you believe it, makes it. sense yeah. and, and and you know snipers they all know wind is everything mm-hmm. in, in yeah. making the shot yeah well it was a heck of a learning curve for me and uh, luckily i ended up killing that bear we believe it was that same bear on day five of the hunt right at 169 yards mm-hmm. back in a little coat i mean it was just a chip shot i was able to get down prone did the, went through the same drill right of, and uh and you know just made a great shot at 169 yards good but uh no i really would at some point i got to get into one of those shooting schools i really do well we're we're uh we're gonna have a number of them in in uh looking at some opportunities in florida Mm. so that may be fairly close to where you're at Uh, we do some in tennessee too yeah tennessee that i think really tennessee would be closer i'm I'm just as far from florida as i am from right here really yeah arkansas is like smack dab in the middle of the u.s i guess i don't know my geography northwest (laughs) ark northwest arkansas is just like that's why they said sam walton did so good starting walmart in bentonville arkansas because he was his shipping center he's equal distance from every corner of right u.s anyway but it's the schools are a great investment yeah um for 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 anyone that just wants to get into it and maybe we like to we like to tell people with with uh, the scope or with the system you you've basically double immediately doubled your effective range double your effective range and they may have been only comfortable at 200 yards before immediately they're going to be 
comfortable at 400 yards. Right, right. And then with more practice and more education. And that's a really good, and that's a realistic way to look at what these guns can do for you. Oh, yeah. Because just because the gun is validated out to 900 yards, just because it can shoot that far accurately, doesn't mean that X guy is going to be able to do that. Exactly. He, I mean, because it, it, it really does come down to skill and ability to execute that shot and there's some people that are really good at it and some people that are probably not as good at it but to say this gun will double your effective range Mm -hmm. i think that's a that's a good realistic way to look at it you know Mm -hmm. because if you're a terrible shot you're not going to be able to shoot a validated gun at 900 yards maybe maybe you're not going to be able to but uh with training you could get better what what i've seen is and jared can can validate this for sure but uh Going into a shot or going into most anything in life, if you go into it with confidence, you're going to be successful. If there's doubt, the the odds of the outcome you want are are very minimized. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that yeah. that's really what we we try to convey is you know, Joe may not ever be a 900 yard shooter. But he can probably get to 600 and feel very, very comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's where he's going to stay. That's yeah. where he should stay. Yeah. Because the the <clears throat> excitement factor. Yeah. You know, with that big bull elk that Joe's been dreaming about for the last 20 years is standing over there across the canyon at 500 yards. Well, Joe needs to know that his crosshair is staying in what we call his wobble zone. Yeah. And that wobble zone has got to stay in the vitals, core vitals yep. of that of that bowl. Yeah. If if it's above his back and down into his legs, Joe's not ready to shoot yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So one thing I saw you do, or we talked about, was dry firing a gun if you have time at an animal. Mm-hmm. So let's say you see an animal across the canyon, you've got some time. Empty the gun. Get your position dry fire on the gun see what you know the crosshairs drop out of that you know where's your wobble zone you dry fire that thing the crosshairs stay right where you want you're good to go that's a that's a great technique to ensure that you're going to place that bullet properly on on that animal and and uh you know make a good solid and and that's the thing too from a hunting scenario the longer range animal probably isn't going to know that you're there You've probably got a little more time. Not always. Uh, the bear I was after was moving constantly and kind of heading towards a place that we weren't going to be able to see him again, so I was kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you would have time. Sure. The animal's not alarmed. He doesn't know you're there. You're a long ways from him. And so you take that time to dry fire. And many, many times, that you know, they don't – even you take that first shot and say the wind blew it off a little bit, many times with an elk or a – a deer or something they don't really even know what happened right bears are a little bit different that way um they're they're a little more what a skittish anyway yeah they kind of bolt for cover but um and you can you if you need to you can have a follow-up shot yeah yeah right um hey as we close down jim what would uh well, first of all, I want to open it up to you guys. If anything we haven't covered that you want to cover, because there's a thousand things that we could talk about. Um, so be thinking about that. But here's my question to you. And to, for somebody that knows so much about something, it might be a hard question. What would you say the 
number one mechanical component of accurate long range shooting. Now, I, and when I say mechanical component, I mean you've got a gun that will shoot. Number one, I mean I think that's probably what you would say. First of all, is you got to have a gun that will shoot accurate out to long range. But what a person could do, either mentally or either just the mechanics of it. Uh, is that a fair question? For me, and Jared probably has a different answer than me, but for me is getting into a stable two-point rest. Um, okay. And we, and we found it at schools, there's a lot of guys that that can't seem to get down on in a prone position. Um, mm. uh, you know, their, their necks are too stiff or maybe they had an injury or whatever. Mm. For that individual, what what they need to do is rather than any anybody can go to the range and just start shooting off the bench. Right. Well, you're not going to have a bench on very many hunts. No. <laughs> so you need to actually get down and do your practicing and become become proficient at what you consider your maximum distance at the shooting position that you're going to be shooting in the field and some for some people that may be a sitting position so i feel very proficient at 450 yards in a sitting position beyond that Mm. it's a little iffy so for me a stable position and having practiced in that position for a field shooting scenario that's good yeah jared Jared, i don't know i would agree i would say um practicing in, in different positions is probably um essential when when yeah. coming to when especially when you're going to do backcountry hunting where you know you're not going to get a prone shot every single time yeah so like you said um practicing while sh- sitting while you're shooting and stuff i think I, I would agree with that yeah yeah that's good very good um anything else jim that we could cover just uh, any anything about the about the guns or anything we hadn't talked about that you'd like to talk about? I I just like Jared to talk a little bit. Uh, he he was heavily involved in the design of of what we call our Mountain Scout model of rifle okay. and what the calibers that that he feels are are most compatible for that. Uh, we've shortened the barrel length. Yeah. We've incorporated, you know, titanium action, carbon fiber barrel, etc. And, and Jared can talk a little bit more about that. And that rifle is really made for the the mountain hunter, the mm-hmm. guy that's okay. going to throw it on his back or in his on his day pack and go five, six, ten miles in that but day. But still have a really accurate accurate gun. rifle. Before I forget it, what I want to talk about after that is I want to hear I want to hear the gym sessions narrative of the ethics of long-range shooting because i think that's a i think Mm -hmm. that's a thing that that some people even in the hunting community don't understand and and i i think it'd be good to to talk about that but tell us about the mountain scout yeah so the mountain scout was kind of an idea um that i had and i brought it up to other people and and they kind of said let's let's build one um, so we kind of built the first prototype, um, and what we did there is we started with um, the new Hornady 6.5 PRC uh, round, which um, we, that's just a new, kind of the new hot round right now. Um, 
And as you see kind of on social media, I see you guys are on social media quite a bit where you can kind of see the backcountry hunters kind of a big fad mm-hmm. right now where mm-hmm. everyone's kind of trying to do get their pack as light as they can. Yeah. Um, you, you got clothing companies, backpack companies all trying to shed weight with carbon fiber. Unless you're like frames. Gemini and you bring mules and you bring your milk and raisin bran. That's right. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the way to do it if you can. Um, but for a lot of our customers I know um, are kind of your hardcore backcountry hunters um, yeah. that may not have the opportunity to, they can't afford horses or um, don't have the opportunity to to borrow them from friends or whatever. So they're kind of stuck with backpacking and so um, which a lot of people prefer that anyway. Yeah. Um, we chose, so we started with a, a 20 inch barrel, um, proof research carbon fiber barrel. We went with the titanium action, our carbon fiber stock. We used our four to 16, our Husqvarna four to 16 by 42. Um, so once we got that all assembled, um, we were just under, uh, we're right at seven pounds scoped, mm. ready to go. Um, and, and we kind of wanted, we, we could have gone lighter. We could have explored with an 18 inch barrel, whatever, but we kind of determined that that seven uh, pound range is what you need. That's what you want because, and, yeah. and our calibers you, to choose from is your six, five PRC, six, five Creedmoor, six, five, two eighty four and, and your seven mag. Mm. Um, when you get too light of a gun, a lot of people can't handle recoil. Um, mm. ex- I mean, I when you have a 12 pound, seven mag and a, seven pound seven mag there's a lot more recoil between the two um and so we we stayed at that seven pound seven seven and a half pound benchmark and and, um it seems like through um the feedback that we've gotten from them a lot of people are how long how long have they been in production we the first one was in the first of the year um was yeah the first week of january really? i think we've sold so you, they, we hadn't 20. gone through a fall hunting season with them yet nope that's man that's got to be exciting to, yeah it is for, yeah to have a new new rifle system yeah yeah we've we've had quite a few of our dealers and outfitters buy them and, and i think we've sold close to 20 so far and um just in these first few months of the year and um they seems like a lot of people are kind of asking for shorter barrel stuff yeah because now the um a lot of people like to hunt suppressed as well with a yeah. suppressor and then they don't when you cut your barrel down um you can put a suppressor on it it's more comfortable with it in your pack and you're not worrying about your barrel right. hitting the trees and yeah. all that so so people can see a picture of this gun mm-hmm. at longrangestore.com yep. longrangestorebestthewest.net um on any of our social media yeah platforms we yeah, use yeah yeah. Okay. My my awesome. daughter my daughter Haley actually used the first prototype uh, November whitetail hunt. Oh, okay. Up by my house. Okay. And uh, got laid out prone. My wife was coaching her through it. I was filming and uh, took her a nice five by five whitetail buck at three hundred yards and oh, just nice. dropped it right in its tracks. Yeah. Nice. So that was. It's a good feeling gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've held one. Very nice feeling yeah. gun. Yeah. yeah. No. We yeah uh, we were just. A little bit worried as far as when you cut down your barrel length, as far as accuracy problems right. or anything, but we, we, we had no problems with that at all. So yeah. And then we're, we're using factory ammo out of the 6.5 PRC. Um, we're using the Hornady ELD match ammo, and it, it shoots just as good as the 26-inch barrel. Right. Mm. Well, that's good. And the bullets perform very well on game. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Cool. Well, that's cool. exciting. Very exciting. <clears throat> um, as we close, Jim... I I feel like 
it's it's a shame that inside the hunting community there's division but anywhere you go i mean in the traditional archery world there's division where people say this is ethical and this is not ethical mm-hmm. i mean all the way so that would be one side of the pendulum all the way to the rifle shooting where it's like accuracy and precision should be what we strive for at the highest level and then when you go to that level there are there are those that would build an argument that you know we shouldn't be shooting game at 800 yards that's not and so and there's there's different sides to all of it but i know that you have a you have a a, a perspective on that I, I, I hope yeah. I didn't open a big can of worms. <laughs> well, and I did, but I think uh, I think uh, it's something that people that we need to hear from you. You I'll, know, I'll try to keep it um, tamed down a little bit with the, <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. Um, like like you said, we we aspire for precision accuracy, whatever the distance, whether it's three hundred yards or six hundred yards or nine hundred yards. The, the individual hunter has got to make that choice of, right. of what is his maximum range. Um, just like anything, you're going to have people that go beyond what's reasonable, 1,300-yard um, elk, stuff like that. Um, you're going to have have that just to prove a point. Um, yeah. we're, we're definitely not into that. We're here to help people become more accurate, more proficient. Um my feeling is with hunters in particular, um, hunters are the true conservationists, always have been in North America, um, and we've got to quit fighting with each other. We've got enough enemies taking shots at our, our privileges and our rights, and, and we've got to come as one team to the yeah. table and protect um, what we love and hold dear. And if we don't do that, if we just become fragmented and, and this guy, he's not an archery hunter because he's using a crossbow and this guy's not a, a rifle hunter because he shot that elk at 500 yards, there's, there's no room for that. Right. I, I don't, I, people shouldn't even listen to that. It, it's, and a lot of your older outdoor writers, they keep beating that drum. Well, mm-hmm. that... That drum needs to go away. Yeah. Um, people, we use technology through all facets of our life. Why wouldn't we use some technology to ke- become more proficient and ethical in taking our shots at, our, at game animals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I, I really like what you said there about the core mission of what you guys are doing is to help people become more accurate. I mean, so it's not... You know, there's there's the far spin of sometimes what people perceive from zero real knowledge of who people are. But, you know, and they just say, oh, these are the guys that are trying to kill animals at a thousand yards. Yeah. And that's that's just not that is that is propaganda. That is not mm-hmm. who you are. No. But you have equipment that's able to do it. Sure. And why wouldn't you? The farthest I've shot anything myself on film is 680 yards i don't have anything to prove to anybody yeah see i think that would surprise people you know Mm -hmm. i mean i really do i think people would say oh those are those guys are out trying to you know do something and that's that's what's so refreshing as i've got to know this company is that you're trying to get people more accurate i mean that's what you do 
I will say this in closing. We get pictures, hundreds of pictures a year from mm-hmm. from our our customers. And what we're seeing, this trend, you know, it used to be, oh, this this was a 180-inch mule deer buck. We're not getting the score of the animal anymore. We're getting the distance to target. And a guy is feeling a a very strong sense of accomplishment because he was able to dump that mule deer at 780 yards and make a clean yeah. one-shot kill. Yeah, He knows he accomplished something because he had to do everything right for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's it's a whole different medium of gauging success. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mean, it's an accomplishment to be able. I mean, the 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 journey to get to be able to shoot like that in the field is a, is a big deal. It's a it's a it's a skill set that no one's born with. It, you yeah. have to learn it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know this just from your his, your history with me, Jim. I came from a bow hunting background and I even a traditional archery background. Right. So for me, what's so cool about being involved and in, in having one of these guns and, and coming out west, which just in the last five years I've been doing, is to go from one side of the weaponry world of how we harvest game from a traditional stick bow to coming to Montana on my mules and using a you know 300 wind mag, 100 elite. Right and and to me that's that is I like that I like yeah. that spectrum. Right, and I think it. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I I think that's important for for listeners to even understand is that sometimes the long range world could be it seems like a big jump, but it's a it's a surmountable jump, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, a lot you know we hear it a lot from from back east that they talk about well i don't need that we never shoot beyond 200 yards right yeah well they don't shoot beyond 200 yards because they haven't thought about well i can get up on that knoll and i can cover down through this valley and yeah. the far end of that valley is 400 yeah. yards or it's it's about a thought process that i can hunt different now i can stay I out see. of that animal's core area yeah stay on the fringes and not disturb him, and I'm going to increase my probability of success exponentially by doing that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a thought process. I see. Yeah, just like with when you're carrying a stick bow, you know you got to get right in his grill. Right. It changes the way you hunt. Right. Yeah. And I, I think all of us, at one point or another, you know, I, I bow hunted a lot myself back in the day. Yeah. You know, and still do. Yeah. Um, I'd love to go bow hunting with a good crossbow on one of our scopes. Yeah. 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 So. Well, hey, this has been an awesome conversation. It's good to be here in Cody at at, uh, at the global headquarters here. Uh, <laughs> I always see some incredible animals when I come in here. There's, there's big mule deer and sheep and grizzly and black bear. And what do we got? We got elk and all kind of critters around yeah. here. It's fun to see. Well, hey, thank you guys for taking the time to... Yeah. talk with us today yeah, yeah. thanks for stopping yeah. in yeah thanks right for having on. us keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live you ever get that feeling the walls closing in the concrete jungle suffocating you you crave some wide open spaces the chance to connect with nature maybe in a spot all your own we'll head over to land.com 
They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.